Hey friends, it's me, your long lost friend and sometimes podcast host, James Miller. Life changes, career changes, and a global pandemic have taken me away from hosting the Admitted Podcast, a project I have so loved being involved with. However, my friends at Acro and I agree that Admitted is way too great of a project to let go the way of standardized testing in higher education. To that end, this episode is the signal of a new beginning and a new format for Admitted. In this upcoming iteration, Admitted will be hosted by two amazing new friends and myself. Our new friends are Dr. Stephanie Kruzmark, Vice President for Enrollment at Iliff School of Theology, and Dr. Angela Brocklesby, Associate Vice Provost and Director for Communication, Marketing, and Outreach in Enrollment at NC State. Stephanie, Angela, and I will be bringing you a fresh batch of awesome content over the coming months. In this mini episode, you'll have a chance to meet them, hear their awesome content ideas, and learn more about the next steps for Admitted in the months to come. I am so excited for you to hear the episodes that Stephanie and Angela will produce. Trust me, what you hear in this short episode is just the beginning for these two rock stars. Without further ado, let's jump right into conversation with Stephanie and Angela. And stay tuned to your podcast feed for new episodes beginning in late April. It is my pleasure to welcome two amazing folks, not just to admit it as interviewees, but also to your podcast feed as co-hosts of the Admit It podcast, Dr. Stephanie Kruzmark and Dr. Angela Brocklesby. Uh, welcome to both of you. It's great to have you here. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Let's start off with just some introductions. Uh, you know, the the folks listening will get a chance to get to know you both through the amazing interviews that you do. Uh, but I am really excited to just get a little bit of an opportunity to hear both of your, um, you know, kind of stories, why you're interested in hosting, uh, admit it, and, and just a little bit more of your personal narrative. So, Stephanie, I'm hoping we can start with you. Uh, just a little bit of your background, uh, career history, uh, you know, where, where you've worked. You've worked some really amazing places, a, a great diverse list of schools. And so interested to hear that and, and anything else that listeners would be excited to know about you. Sure. Thank you, James. Well, it's so nice to make this introduction to the Acro community, and I'm just so honored to, to be in this role. Uh, I've worked in higher education since 20 or 2000, 2001. So I guess it's you know going on 21 years. That time goes by quickly. But I really started my career in student services or student affairs, uh, working those um, after um, hours um, outside of classroom events, you know, helping students socialize primarily, um, helping with student government, um, helping with parent um, visit programs. And then I uh, transition to follow the students in a way um, to career services to help them transition from uh, their undergraduate degree to uh, you know, uh, work life. Um, and then from there, I continued to uh, follow them uh, to uh, a role in graduate admissions. And, and really, that was like a light bulb moment in my career. It was um, a place that felt really comfortable, felt um, really um like a uh, an opportunity to support students to think about graduate studies and in particular I was interested in 
reporting um, underrepresented or BIPOC um, Black Indigenous uh, people of color. Uh, so with that said, you know, I've been in admissions for the last 16 years. I currently serve as a Vice President of Involvement Management at the ILIF School of Theology located in the uh, Rocky Mountain State of Denver, Colorado. Um, as you mentioned earlier, James, my career in admissions and enrollment has taken me uh, to both coasts. I'm originally uh, a Midwestern girl from Minnesota, but I've lived uh, in Portland, Oregon, and California, D.C., um, and now I'm kind of in the middle of the country in Denver. Uh, but I've worked for um, some really interesting, diverse institutions. I've worked for one of the original uh, women's colleges, Trinity Washington University. I've worked for the first Buddhist-inspired institution, Naropa University, uh, out of Boulder, Colorado. And so um, I'll tell the listeners a little bit more later, but I'm really interested in exploring um, the diversity of institutional identity, but also leadership identity, and how that really transitions to some of the major tenets that we're curious about today as, as admissions and registrar um, professionals, you know, social justice, uh, diversity, equity, inclusion, access, and equity. But we'll get into that a little bit more. So thanks for letting me uh, introduce myself. Absolutely. Uh, so, Angela, I'm wondering if you would do the same for us. Just tell us a little bit about your career history and and uh, and what what brings you to the room today. So, my name is Angela Brocklesby. I currently serve as the Associate Vice Provost and Director for Communication and Marketing and Outreach at NC State University. I've actually been with the university working-wise for about 17 years now, but I was also a student there initially. Uh, I actually transferred to NC State from Penn State a while back, and then from there I went off to grad school, came back to North Carolina. Uh, when I first started within the realm of enrollment management, I actually started off in the Department of Registration Records. So I stayed there for a while, but then I moved around within the university as well. So I moved to the Office of Information Technology. I moved towards a college, so college of design. And then I kind of came back full circle within enrollment management. And it's the ability to work within the division of enrollment management has allowed me to get a glimpse of, you know, the whole student life cycle from prospective students and recruitment all the way through graduation and the alumni uh, networks and things like that. So I think I have a interesting view of uh, all the things that are going on, uh, not just within admissions, but with scholarship financial aid, registration records, and all the other subunits that kind of work within enrollment management. And my, I guess, <laughs> my story about mm, I guess the educational attainment has kind of been a really long story. I, I think I've taken courses since I graduated undergrad and haven't stopped. And it's kind of a little insane, but I think it's one of the things that I've kind of done to kind of grow professionally. And that's where my interests lie, you know, professional development, career development, and uh, just being able to allow others to kind of understand that this journey might not be straightforward it might be kind of all different ways, but you could get there if you really try and like, you know, grow and learn as much as possible. Yeah, that's awesome. And um, we're celebrating a major milestone for you in your educational journey, aren't we? Oh, thank you. <laughs> yes, I defended this past week, uh, my dissertation. Um, it focused on BIPOC communities as well and uh, equity and inclusion, especially for STEM degree attainment, going from community college to four-year institutions and how do we kind of enhance that degree attainment for BIPOC communities. 
Amazing. Congratulations. Uh, and Angela, while we've got you uh, on, on the mic, I was wondering if you would share uh, a, a few things from a content point of view or interview point of view that you're really excited to get down to, right? What are the stories that you're hoping to tell as um, one of the hosts of the Admitted podcast? I think one of the stories I've been really interested in or themes, um, I actually worked for the Acro Admissions uh, Career Work Group or the task force that was uh, uh, created maybe two years ago. And we worked through kind of like the admissions career pathways. Um, so that's what I'm kind of interested in, kind of exploring how do we grow admissions professionals from, you know, starting out with your first job as an admissions counselor or recruiter and then mid-level and then getting up to the administrative level and what does that path look like? How do we get there? What are the things that are, you know, some of the pain points that you might be or roadblocks that you might be running into? How do we power through that and things like that? So I think that's my focus area or at least what I'm interested in looking into this season. And then same question for you, Stephanie, what, what stories are you hoping to tell? Yeah, you know, uh, there are over 4,000 institutions across the U.S., and certainly the global pandemic has really placed um, a sense of self-reflection, I think, for some of these institutions in terms of determining um, their value um, to students, uh, but also how they um, continue to really be relevant um, to what student needs are across the globe for that matter. So I'm really uh, curious to dive in a little bit more to think about this U.S. brand of higher education and how we have such diversity um, in terms of institutional type. You know, we use in the the field, we use terms like um, predominantly white institutions, Hispanic serving institutions, minority serving institutions, et cetera. So I'm really interested to learn um, leaders that are um, within that space in terms of um, su- uh, supporting BIPOC institutions and how they've been operating and supporting student success. I'm also interested in diving into BIPOC women's leadership. Um, they represent about 5% of university uh, leaders across those 4,000 institutions. Uh, and finally, um, I'm mentioned that I work at Iliff School of Theology. We are affiliated with the United Methodist tradition, and there's been an ongoing discussion about the United Methodist Church's um, inclusion of the LGBTIQ community, not just as members, but also within leadership roles. And so this discussion has been ongoing for the last decade, but all members across the United Methodist Church will be getting together in 2024 to have a vote about their um, official uh, ruling of welcoming this community. And so I'm really curious about how that's impacting uh, those that identify as LGBTIQ that are thinking about pursuing uh, degrees at uh, United Methodist seminaries and how this will ultimately impact um, the future enrollment at those institutions. So very unique, but I think it has some relevance um, for all of us across the higher ed landscape here in the U.S. Yeah, that's 100% true. And um, with, with respect to any pressure like that, uh, it, that, that kind of experience, a fundamental seed change in the way things work for, let's say, a particular denominational school, even though that feels like a highly niche topic, we actually learn a lot from those pressures, right? And we, we can start to extrapolate out what are some of the lessons we can learn 
in other parts of higher education in the quote unquote marketplace as we see fundamental changes or fundamental shifts in the way things work. So um, th those are just amazing uh, concepts and really looking forward to hearing episodes on all of those things and more. Uh, you know, before we close this quick introductory episode, one thing that I've always loved doing as an admissions officer uh, is hearing about the higher education journeys of people who work in this profession. I sort of have a theory that a lot of us uh, took what you would consider more of a winding road to higher education. And, uh, you know, even if we went directly uh, from, from uh, you know, from 17 or 18 years old straight through to undergrad, uh, many of us uh, have a passion for making college search and college access better for people than it perhaps was for us, right? I find that that's a, a common theme uh, amongst admissions officers that I meet and enrollment professionals that I meet. And so I always love to ask, what was your journey to college? You know, how did you find your way to higher education? So Stephanie, we'll come right back to you uh, with that one. Love to hear your going to college story. Yeah, James, you're absolutely right. My journey to higher education was not a straight path by any means. If anything, I think um, the words that would describe it would be an early start. Um, I was one of those 17-year-olds that was really eager to get out of high school and get into the, the world of, of being an adult. And so I actually um, had an opportunity uh, during my summer between my junior and senior year in high school to experience University of Minnesota campus through an honors college experience. And through that summer opportunity, I realized that I identified more as a college student um, versus a high school student. So I immediately went to my uh, high school guidance counselor that following fall and said, what can I do to finish my high school degree early and get into college? And um, interestingly enough, uh, he wasn't supportive. Uh, he said, you can do this, but um, I don't think you're going to succeed. And so I think that was honestly, I was in a predominantly white um, high school. And I think that was my first experience of, even though my GPA was high, I had, I think, 15 credits left. I was really struggling with that response and, and talked to my parents about it. And they kind of introduced me to systematic racism and, and all of that. But all that's to say that I, I, I persisted on, um, started my path at the University of Minnesota, was overwhelmed with the 60 some thousand students and ended up transferring um, after my first year uh, to a smaller institution called University of St. Thomas, uh, Catholic uh, uh, rooted or Jesuit rooted institution. Um, with that said, um, I completed my bachelor's degree, but then decided to take about 10 years off um, to really explore um, my major, which was in art history. And so I started to work with nonprofit arts agencies in the uh, Minneapolis-St. Paul area, got that experience, but also caught the higher ed bug again and realized I needed a, a graduate degree to um, really advance my career and, and be in a position of um, making decisions about those um, nonprofits. And so um, I didn't take the straight path from bachelor's to master's um, at about, um, or actually, I'm, I'm so sorry, I'm getting confused. <laughs> um, I did take the straight path from bachelor's to master's um, and actually completed my master's within one year. Where I took the 10 years uh, stint off was between my master's and my PhD. I need more coffee. Uh, <laughs> um, but with that said, 
Um, what I really want to emphasize is that the journey is not straightforward. Um, you don't have to um, complete your, your um, higher education within a certain amount of time. Uh, higher ed learning is always there um, for us at different stages in our lives. And I think I would really encourage, uh, or I, I do encourage um, students to really take some time off, um, apply that education to the real world, and then see where that leads you to. So um, with that said, um, I, I did um, pursue my PhD about 10 years in between my master's degree at the University of Denver. Uh, got through that experience in about two years and, and 10 months, including the dissertation. So I, I, I empathize with you, Angela, uh, but I was, I was really focused in terms of what I wanted to do in, in getting that degree um, and wanting to use that education and knowledge to enhance my role as an admissions officer. So I really understood you know, the history of institutions, how policies are made um, to support um, our diverse learners. So with that, um, not very straightforward <laughs> explanation of my college story, I will turn it back to you, James. <laughs> well, you know, our, our stories are very rarely straightforward. So uh, explanations sometimes uh, take the same sort of winding road. So that's that's an amazing story. And I love I love uh, the message of taking that time to absorb uh, lessons from the world around you before you continue on in that journey. I, I resonate with that a great deal. Uh, Angela, how about you? Yeah, I think my story is a lot uh, has a lot to do with persistence as well. <laughs> uh, it, I did start off uh, as a first year student when I was seventeen, starting off at Penn State. I actually only applied to two universities back then, Rutgers or Penn State. I got into both. Attended Penn State because that's my father's alma mater. Um, so started off at Penn State, but then my family moved down to North Carolina, and they were, you know, pressuring me to possibly move just because of tuition costs and things like that and being out of state. So I did eventually transfer to North Carolina State University. Um, I changed majors during that time as well. I was first a secondary education major and then moved into communication and media. And then once when I was approaching graduation, I started looking at jobs. I thought I would be working in the movies, you know, move out to LA, do all the things there. But then I was like, maybe this is a little bit harder than I thought. So I started looking at grad schools as well. So um, I did find a program at NYU called Interactive Telecommunications. Um, I actually took a course during the summer as a non-degree study student just to test that out because it would be a big commitment if I, you know, applied, especially uh, at a school like NYU. So, um, you know, I, I got in. <laughs> so I did the um, master's at NYU. I did it really quickly as well because of costs and things like that. And then I moved back down to North Carolina. I actually uh, got my first job in at NC State uh, as full-time. And then during that time, the funny thing is that what I started exploring, I don't know why, but I kept exploring different programs. I'm like, oh, I'm interested in this. I'm interested in that. You know, I'm working at a university. I have tuition waivers. So I started looking at courses. I actually, you know, thought about doing a program within the College of Design at NC State. I actually got in, started it off, but then, you know, thought mm, maybe the studio courses weren't the best <laughs> use of my time, especially since they were like three hours and I also had to work full time. So I stopped that, but then I started looking around some more. Uh, UNC actually had within their J school had a, a, a certificate program for graduate students. So I started doing that, used my tuition waiver doing that. Um, and then eventually they have 
uh, it's basically the graduate certificate goes into the master's program and it was an online program and it aligned with my, you know, degree, my background, and also with my work. So I was able to kind of work at the same time while also attending uh, grad school again <laughs> for my second master's. Got it for free because of the tuition waiver, took advantage of that. And then um, eventually I, I knew that I ultimately wanted to get a doctorate. So I started exploring different programs. And this is where the persistence comes in because when I applied to multiple programs, I didn't actually get in uh, the first couple of times that I applied. And eventually, you know, that's when I did the master's program at UNC. And then after that, I was able to apply again to another doctoral program I got to into USC and I was able to finish my doctorate in about three years and it was very intense but I think even though you know sometimes you might fail I think it's very important that you keep trying especially if it's something that um, that you're working towards it's your dreams and and it's very important to keep trying until you get to where you need to be. Oh, amazing and from a leadership development point of view such a great example of taking advantage of being in a higher education setting to continue um, in your in your own educational pursuits. So I love I love that story. Uh, well, hey, thank you so much to you both. Uh, I am so excited to hear uh, the great content that you each are going to produce and just really looking forward to working with you on this endeavor. We'll look, we'll look forward to, to hearing your first episodes coming up very soon. Thank you. Thank you, James. 